This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. From Race Wallace Podcast, this is Unhirable with White Karen and Go To Gaze Hobby. Okay, so our guest is Adrian Butereira. Did I say it? Was that the Perfect. right pronunciation? Perfect. All right. That's fantastic. Adrian, thank you so much. You are the national political organizer for the Green Party, right? Yes, sir. Okay, oh. so we're obsessed with the Green Party. Literally could not be more. Well, I personally, as I told you in my like email, like I vote Green Party generally, and like I'm really excited about what happened this year. <laughs> um, but I'm also like perplexed. So how long have you been the, politi- the national political organizer? Uh, since February, um, you know, before that, I was uh, Jill Stein's field director for the duration of her campaign. I have uh, so and many questions. That, I was I was uh, happily unaffiliated <laughs> you, with a party. You mean? Yeah, I had taken a sort of uh, a little bit of a break from uh, from what had been a very long trajectory of, of political <laughs> activism and political life, and then I got recruited back into Jill's campaign and you know it's uh yeah p- politics and activism is it's pr- it's it's probably worse than crack you know it's, it's hard to pick <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay and it ages you similarly although obama looks i have to say pretty good he bounced back he well yeah he just like i don't know i don't know maybe his numbness to just being able to kill that many people preserved him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not working for me. I'm not rejuvenating, that's for sure. So it's like I've accepted. I've, I've accepted the. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's true. It's true. It's it's it's. Um, you know, it, it, I'm not quite sure what it is. Of course, those guys are are under a hell of a lot more pressure. But 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 there is a lot to be said for for you know the intensity that you experience internally if if you're doing it really from the heart. You know what I mean? Do you know the Texas Organizing Project? Yes, I do. What's that? It's, it's, well, I only know it because my cousin, who got her master's in public policy at the LBJ school at UT Austin, um, mm-hmm. she worked for that organization and she loved the work, but I think she had to take a break because it was like literally eating her body. You could see it. She was like losing tons of weight and like oh my God, I'm so working crazy. <laughs> Go work in politics. Oh my God, you guys are so lucky. <laughs> okay, wait, but I have a few questions just to like set the scene. So in the 2000 election, Al Gore versus McCain, who did you, or sorry, Al Gore versus Bush, who did you vote for? When was that? That was that. Okay, wait. Fuck that. And and then and, and I mean, Barack Obama's two I mean, elections. Like, like, look, look. I'm 55 years old, so like, be be kind. Like, I can't even remember like what <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like I have this huge calendar, like old school, with these big old numbers. Like, you know those remote controls that you give your grandparents that have the big old numbers. Yes. That's the, you know, You're that's how my I look mom. at time. <laughs> Do you also have a jitterbug so, phone? So, my God, yes. Al Gore and and McCain. 2000. No, uh, no, not McCain. I'm sorry, Al Gore and W. Any one of those guys, that's for sure. You know, have I, you I always I, not I voted in the two-party system? That's really what I'm asking you. Have you always been sort of like a third-party guy? Uh, I don't see it as third party. I see it like as a sort of uh, you know opting out of of the <laughs> of the you know fundamentally corrupt you know you know extreme capitalist duopoly you know which all basically promotes like you know you have the fascist and then you have the fascist with the heart of gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a guy called uh, Doctor Something. Uh, this rapper and and he had this rap song about Archie Bunker, you know, was saying it's like, oh, you know, the racist with the heart of gold, and then he would say there is no such thing. <laughs> but do you believe that? You know? Do you believe that there is no such thing? 
What? Do you believe that there's no such thing as like a racist or a capitalist with a heart of gold? Uh, I, 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 I believe that ultimately, I mean, if you're misinformed, uh, you know, and, you know, and, and you have been kind of culturized in a certain way, perhaps new information can come in. When you're, when you're self-confessed, you know, when you have reached the point where you actually believe, you know, let's say in the, in the inferiority of a whole group of people, when you actually believe, I don't believe that you, you can reconcile such a sentiment. But don't with, you think that with, maybe... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead sorry, Karen. sorry. If, don't you think that maybe if, if someone who, who says they passionately believe in the inferiority of another group of people, like, is really just, that's a reaction to them feeling a sense of inferiority about themselves? Like, I don't know any secure, happy, successful people who are passionate about themselves and others who have racial sentiments against other people. It's only people who feel like shit all the time. And in that sense, it's like kind of relatable. Not the racism, but the hating yourself. Does that make sense? No, 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 no. Of course. I mean, we can get into a, a, a deep psychological analysis of, of, of you know, of self-hatred. I mean, I was answering the thing about the heart of gold. Mm -hmm. You know, having a heart mm -hmm. of gold means that at any given time you have the capacity to commit, you know, acts of kindness towards, towards the world around you. Yeah, and you have to be informed by some kind of John Lennon song, you know? <laughs> uh, but maybe even closer to George Harrison, right? I mean, because John Lennon <laughs> would get pissed off and say I mean, some real like, you know, ra ra radical things. So George Harrison was always like, oh, love, 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 love. So, mm -hmm. yeah, right. I mean, if you want to look at the world through George Harrison's eyes or lenses, then, mm -hmm. then it, it makes it hard, like, if you're carrying that much hatred inside of you. Can I right? say something so, I mean, controversial? I really have never understood the Beatles. <laughs> 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 Why explain? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I like it. I get it. It's, like, pleasant on my ear holes. But, like, other than that, I never seek it out. But it was, like, new. Like, back then it was, like, yeah. new for your holes. So, like, people just needed this, like, soothing hole music. <laughs> and they'd never heard anything like before. Okay. And the, yo, they also didn't hadn't invented hotness yet. So, like, these guys were so hot Oh, yeah, it was then. early TV. They, they got away had, with murder, they those guys. They only had small white people. So, like, this <laughs> blew their mind. They were, like, and the hair's long. Aren't they really? Like yeah, the well, original boy band. Well, the interesting yes. thing is, yeah, I mean, and, and uh, you know, just to piggyback on that, right? The interesting thing is that is that they sort of came into like the age of innocence, like let's say towards the end, you know, the, the end of the fifties, early sixties, product of society post-war, right. and then you know, as as the band, as society changed, they changed, mm -hmm. right? They changed to the point where, like, John Lennon, you know, became, you know, an active supporter of, like, the Socialist Workers Party, right? I mean, you know, and, and, to, and, and you know, writing pretty much songs that were, like, like a song like Working Class Hero, right? He started mm -hmm. all of a sudden getting back in touch, you know. And, of course, I mean, it, it's from a position of, of a lot of privilege and a lot of power. By that time, you know, those guys did not have, you know, could say anything and get away with it. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, I think that the, the, the Beatles phenomenon is that in some ways reflects uh, a, a sort of cultural transformation that, that uh, our whole society went through, you know, and um, from a very, you know, like, like uh, Karen was saying, from a very, you know, white, uh, clearly, you know, the Beatles' reality was not necessarily connected to the African-American reality in America, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's but, a perfect you know. segue to talk about Jill Stein. Um, because okay. I have to ask you, I have to bring me to the moment. I do, please, because you were her field director, bring me first to the moment where she went to the wrong city in Ohio. Who flew her to Cincinnati? Who did it? We need Who to did know? it? Who got fired or didn't? 
Well, I mean, <laughs> nobody got fired. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, it was during a, a transition, you know, where I, I, um, I was, I had moved away from field director uh, position, which part of my job had been to sort of coordinate uh, a lot of the travel along, you know, the political and the logistics. Uh, and as I transitioned into, you know, because we were entering the final stretch of the campaign, so we were really, you know, scrambling to uh, to sort of reposition, you know, our, our our limited resources to the best of our ability. And so, yeah, what ended up happening? Oh my God! I mean, I don't, I don't quite know how that went down, but obviously, you take you see, one we never day had off. A travel agent. We never had a travel agent, and I believe that the people in the state um, kind of provided the wrong information to our national, uh, to, to to our to who the person was at the time. Was it your you know, fault? The coordinator. Whose fault was it? Yeah, was we it need names. Fault? Yeah, we want heads I mean, to you roll. Know, I mean, because I have that much power in the party, like, I should probably heroically absorb it as my own. But <laughs> oh, heroism's overrated. And that's not the Green Party way. Give us a name. <laughs> no, listen, bro. It's beyond, it's martyrdom. It's outright martyrdom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I think Jill Stein is sort of... I do not like. We're obsessed with Jill Stein. We have a thing on You're the show. You're obsessed with Jill. Well, just because like, it's just like so. She's so like over the top. Like not like it's always. So the two elections that she's running, her number two should have been her number one. Should have been the number one. But like they had to run the respectable woman from Lexington, who was a doctor, like a, a triple a triple Harvard, I think, wasn't she? Or she was like a yeah. double Harvard. Um, yeah, I mean, triple, quadruple. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jill, you know, Jill is all that. Yeah. Yeah, but what? Okay, so now, how does Jill give us a little insight? Because nobody really understood. I don't think she ever showed her personality at all. Right. And I have a friend who went to school with her daughter or her son and said that she has a personality. So I would like to, like, have some insight into, like, what happened when she went to the wrong city? How did Jill react to that? Uh, Jill, you know, Jill is, is very resilient, right? I mean, she's kind of a champ in her own right. I mean, Jill, you know, along with, uh, along with, you know, you know, being kind of, you know, elite, you know, because of her education and, and you know, because of, of, of whatever, right? I mean, Jill, you know, Jill is also a musician, right? Jill is, you know, um, Jill, you know, is an artist, right? And Jill is also a medical doctor, right? And Jill... You know, in some ways, you know, was probably, I mean, I don't, I didn't know her back when she was young, but, you know, if you listen to her music and you listen to her style, you know, Jill is a little bit of a, of a sort of like, you know, a radical hippie, you know, in her own right. So Jill rolls with the punches, man. I mean, you know, like I said, at the point in which that whole, like, event of, of the trip and being, I mean, you know, that was like almost comical for us, right? In other words, there was nothing really that <laughs> for got all of us. Got Adrian, it was it, comical for everybody. We, we all yeah, loved exactly. it. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, but then, but then, but then, you know, it, it, there, there is comedy and then there is like real tragic comedy, right? In the meantime, you know, we had like the sabotage of the democratic primary, right? We had like, you know, some, some megalomaniac neo-fascist like about to be elected. So it's kind of interesting to me that, that the comic comic thing, because basically not, no harm came out of it and we fixed it, sort of superseded. I, I, it was shocking to me, the attention that that got. It was like, oh, man, we should start sending her to more wrong cities because obviously, <laughs> like, you know, 
that will at least maybe let us like squeeze in a couple of messages here and there. You That's know? literally exactly what we've been screaming that the Green Party <laughs> needs to start stunting a lot harder to get attention. Like mm -hmm. you need to be running people like they're unhirable. Like mm -hmm. that's how Donald Trump got elected. But that's the cool thing about the Green Party, I feel like is not leaning into its full greenness. Like the, the beauty of the Green Party is number one, you guys have a platform that's completely unimpeachable. Like you can't argue with saving the earth. It's the one party that has a message that you just can't argue with. It's across the board relatable and like everyone can swallow it. And the other thing is like the Green Party, here's where I am. Okay, I, I want to know your opinion of this because to my mind, the Green Party's mistake is not leaning in hard enough on being kind of like a fringy third party kind of thing. They're still kind of playing the two party game of like, we're so professional. We're, but you guys are different. Green Party's different. They send people to the wrong city <laughs> and then they roll with it. Hillary wouldn't have rolled with it. Like Hillary's not Jill Stein. Hillary would have gotten mad. Somebody would have been fucking fired. Do you know what I mean? The beauty of the Green Party is you can be this kind of like real how we are like messy and normal and going to the wrong place when it's really important <laughs> and and it's like you I, I feel like Donald Trump got elected on being the guy that is the total anti-establishment guy and green the green party is just never going to compete on the level of this like super highly funded billions of dollars in um, super PAC money or whatever level that the Democrats and Republicans are like you're we're, you're not that you're like a different yep. animal. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, 100 percent. And and you're you're expressing uh, uh, a, um, a running theme or uh, an existing tension. You know, let me say in terms of um, you know where does the party go from here? Right. In other words, some people are even discussing. You know, is there a stigma around just the whole idea of green? Mm. Right. In other words, how do you create a real sort of popular political alternative, uh, you know, which I think is what we're needing right now in our democracy and in our country, right? I mean, you know, sure. the, the situation, in my opinion, and I'm a little bit of a history buff, I mean, I, I, looking back at history and looking at, at, at the direction of the world right now, the last time I saw this type of rise of right-wing populism with this level of intensity was right before the assumption of power of Adolf Hitler in Germany mm -hmm. and uh, Franco Spain and Benito Mussolini's and what was happening in Croatia and what was happening in Lithuania. In other words, so, you know, we have to be very, very careful and, and, and start looking at what is our historical responsibility here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that, I believe that the, the Green Party is very well positioned uh, structurally because of, of all the good work that has been done um, you know, for many years, in, you know, in terms of ballot access and, and, and in, you know, and, and sort of having, uh, you know, a basis of operation in almost every single state. Having said that, you know, uh, we're going as a party, we're going to have to make a determination as to, you know, what role are we going to play in this historical moment? OK, so what's many happening? Because you have people lined up. There's our we have a guy coming into the studio, Jabari Brisport, who's running to be city councilor, literally exactly where I live in Brooklyn uh, today. Um, and I'm curious, like, what's the support as the national political organizer that you're able to provide? And why are there zero candidates from Jill Stein's home state, Massachusetts, listed on the Green Party site? That's shocking to me, especially because there are civic, there's municipal elections in the city of Boston. Yeah, well, the Green Party, okay, so basically you, you guys need to understand that the Green Party was formed um, with a sort of federation of parties uh, kind of model. 
right? So we do have a national party, right? The GPUS, that's who I work for, uh, that basically serves, is supposed to serve as a point of convergence almost of the state parties. But each state party is fully independent from the national party. Like mm-hmm. I, as a national organizer, have no authority to, let's say, tell the state leadership, all right, you know, like, you know, the buck stops here. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there is a candidate running in such and such a city that is not getting your support. I want you guys to reorganize your forces and concentrate on that because that is critical to the success of the party. Mm-hmm. So the party is highly decentralized. I mean, we could have a whole program about, you know, the pros and cons of that. Uh, and not only is the party hugely decentralized, you know, the national leadership structure itself is decentralized within the national party. So, like, we don't have a party chair, like a general party secretary, let's say, like Iglesias is in Podemos in Spain, right? Uh, we, you know, so we are, we, you know, so everything sort of was founded on this kind of very, you know, leftover 1960s sort of construct of like a, a fear of, of centralization, creating a new mentality around you know, uh, local autonomy and a lot of other factors, which I personally support. While at the same time, I think that, you know, some of the some of the key points at this particular point in our evolution as a party uh, beg to be reexamined. But Adrian, uh, isn't it like one thing we learned from the Occupy movement is that a leaderless movement just stagnates. It doesn't go anywhere. And yes. is Susan Sarandon available? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, no, she's not. And, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you know, Neil Young is Canadian. You know, I mean, we can go down. The- <laughs> I mean, we're right here, but we hear you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, you know, Snoop Doggy Dog is dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> is this I, mean I don't know what to tell you. We really are like running out of... Uh, 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 out of out of prime candidates here. No, I'm serious. Look, the, 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 the thing is, I, I agree with you 100. percent You know, I mean, um, it is it, it is not just a question of, of leaderlessness. It's a question of uh, political culture and understanding. You know, uh, I mean, uh, I I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a real mixed bag. You know, my mm. my my political kind of background is really anarcho-syndicalist, right? I had people in Spain who fought for the CNT, you know, uh, people who exiled themselves and never even went back to Spain. I, I kind of, um, you know, developed myself as a, as a socialist anarchist for, for many, many years, you know, with a very European sort of approach to it, where discipline, right, is critical. Uh, and I don't believe that it's just a question of singular leadership or having like a night in shining armor. It's more about, you know, do we see ourselves as a, as a political party, right? As a revolutionary political party mm-hmm. at, at, at a most crucial period in history. And can we make a collective commitment towards being militant? Yeah, that's right? what it, it sounds even, like. Look, we could even approach it with a, with a collectivist approach because right. Barcelona, okay, was defended by, by, by anarchist collectives that only lost because the communists stopped giving us guns, mm. all right? Because they were more concerned about the anarchists gaining power at one point than they were about, like, you know, fighting the fascists together. And that's why we lost the war. So we fought, and we fought hard, 
and we fought in an organized and disciplined manner because the culture was militancy. The culture was understanding what was at stake. The culture was that every individual was not treating their political reality like a 501c4 or, or a Noam Chomsky, like, you know, book circle. OK, <laughs> so we have to start moving away from the Birkenstocks thing. Yeah. We have to stop moving away from like, you know, this is some kind of picnic, right, where we just run candidates every four years. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to say to Tommy, that, you know, you, you can just run candidates when you have yet to build your base, right. when you have yet to really roll up your sleeves and actually establish real relationships with the people that you claim to represent. Mm-hmm. We cannot run candidates if we don't build a relationship with the working class of this country, yeah. including the white working class, right? Mm-hmm. So the party has to go in that direction. That's why I was hired. But of course, you know, because of, of, what's, of what we've inherited in terms of structure, it's not like I have the authority to be able to say from now until 2020, we're going to concentrate every single ounce of resources. We're not going to run any candidates between now and 2020. We're going to concentrate every single ounce of resources in building our base and organizing from the bottom up. So the people that we claim to represent that never turned up to vote for us. And a lot of those people are Trump people. Yep. In other words, it's like the, the, the white the white working class in the middle of Texas or in, or in Alabama, or whatever. They're not our inherent enemy. Right. No, because if you listen to the Ajamu Baraka, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. But just the Ajamu Baraka episode when he was laying out his sort of stump speech at the beginning, kind of clearing his throat. He could have been. You could have put those words right in Donald Trump's mouth. It's like a very similar. It's not the same details, but like the topic sentences about giving government back to the people are the same. Um, So it makes sense uh, that I think that there was a move is what I'm saying from Bernie rather than to Jill Stein to Trump. It sounds like there is like the the Green Party outgrew itself. Like it started out as this kind of like freewheeling hippie kind of thing, which was a response to a specific kind of like culture that existed at the time. But now it's not a kid anymore. And it's like a teenager and it's growing up and you can't just have this super decentralized party. It just like doesn't work on a big scale. That's like a kibbutz mentality that works on a small scale when you have a manageable, manageable amount of people, like a few dozen people who can sit down and make their voices heard. When you've got a lot of people across a nation, somebody's just going to make a call. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could not agree with you more. And so the question is that a lot of my, you know, comrades inside the party are correct, right? So I, I, I tend to sort of embrace this whole idea that I want sort of like an emergency program, right? That's going to basically call for like, uh, you know, at the next upcoming convention, it's like, you know, we either reinvent ourselves real quick or we're going to mm-hmm. sink, you know, uh, and many of the green parties in Europe are already sinking, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who are in the know in Europe are pretty much saying that, you know, the green party as a construct, you know, it's, it's, it's done. You know, I, I believe that we have an opportunity here uh, uh, as the party uh, because at least, you know, we have not compromised our integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're still standing strong in the eyes of the people who have been following us. Uh, I believe that we're going to have to figure out how we function more like a traditional leftist militant party, yeah. right? But you have to understand that our country does not really have a history of that, right? right. We don't really have a, a history, at least in, you know, in the minds of, of most people who are alive today. 
you know, who don't remember, like, let's say, what the Communist Party was doing in Chicago, like, in the 1930s or whatever, you know, which they had a, you know, regardless of how we feel about the Communist Party itself, I mean, they had a, 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 an incredible sort of, like, strategy for how to go and or organize out in the communities and how to organize with labor and blah, 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 blah. So we, in the left, you know, don't have a tradition. I mean, there are folks who are still invested in reforming the Democratic Party, right? In other words, it's like, really, I mean, I mean, they just cannot understand how incredibly entrenched the Democratic Party is, you know, as part of the sort of global status quo, yeah. right? That, that like, so we don't have any trust in the creation of a third party. Sometimes I wonder if people who actually vote third party have themselves you know, the vision that is required for us to move to the next level, which is there has to be a short-term, a mid-term, and a long-term strategy. In my idea, the long-term strategy is to build a legitimate third political force, right? Not, even if it's not just a third party. That's another thing. A, a, a political party can play a role that transcends elections. A lot of the large uh, third parties uh, or, or socialist parties or, or leftist parties in Europe that do not necessarily have any parliamentary power can still bring their countries to a standstill. That's it. Right? Because, because they, can, they, have, they, have, they can mobilize the masses, right? They can organize a general strike, right? So a political party transcends electoral politics. A political party becomes a, a point of convergence. For, for a movement that lacks direction, like you were saying, Tommy, right? Um, I mean, it, how, many, how many social forums are we going to have to attend? How many WTO-like demonstrations did you go to? How many hundreds and hundreds of conferences and, you know, have we gone to where we come home with like a stack of cards and everybody is working for this group or that group? What's missing here? Why does, there is no point of convergence. There is no national party that serves as a united front, mm -hmm. a broad front. So who's somebody who could we, do that? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, who's somebody who could lead that? If you had to pick one person to lead that party now, or maybe two or three that you think could do it, who are they? People. Uh, my goodness. I, I want to think parties. I want to be able to, to get together with, you know, with, because I, I don't want to place. I think we, we, we make a mistake, Tommy, when, when we look a singular leadership. I mean, you know, the, the, those folks need to just be uh, vehicles for 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 a real organized voice that yeah, is leading the, them from the bottom up, but so the, they can but be the held leaders accountable. Are, but 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 I think that was also that was like a mistake that the Hillary campaign made, which was to kind of discount the actual leader that it's herself in go. favor of the. Yeah. The party and what the party stood for and what the party, more importantly, didn't stand for in opposition to something else. And the truth is she's massively uninspiring. People are sick of political dynasties. Fuck Hillary. Fuck oh Chelsea. <laughs> Seriously, fuck them. We're done yeah. with that shit. We want something different. Now, does something different turn out to be, like, maybe bad different, but different nonetheless? So like, Well, we have something sort of different now. I don't know how different it that's is. That's what I'm saying, though. Sort but, of different. But, but you it know when you that Did you... Uh, Hillary today was talking about the, like, women for... The women for women benefit or whatever it's like rich people get to hear her speak because they donated and they of course are like massively pro hillary and they're all like yes hillary and they're asking her about the serious strike the, well they're asking about the loss of the 2016 election and she has a lot to say about it and none of it comes back to her at all she has nothing to say about her own failures as a leader and how just completely 
um, disconnected she is from everybody because she's a rich white lady, which to be honest is a little bit the the, the downfall of Jill Stein too. Like she's more relatable because she's like everybody's mom, but she's a rich white lady. Like enough rich white ladies. Do you know what I mean? The enough leader's rich important. White lady. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not. I'm you know you you know obviously look, I, I can I can speak to you from a personal perspective. Jill gave it her best shot. Yeah. Uh, yes, she does come from from class and race privilege. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and that is a problem. Sometimes in the way you're able to even portray your, your, your perception of reality, it's also a problem sometimes in the way that you choose to organize your campaign. It's also a way that you, it, it's the way you look at reality, right? So what did it's you think of what image. Rosa Clemente, who ghosted us last week, was supposed to be on the show? We still haven't heard from her. <laughs> she was supposed to call in, hey, Rosa, if you're listening, we still want to talk to you. We love you. <laughs> But what did you think of what she said about working for Jill Stein? Did you think that that was that there was validity in that? Um, I don't I don't know what I heard. In, in other words, like so the post that she wrote the day after the election. She I'm, said she was treated badly. Yeah. That there was racial tension. That she felt like she she was, allowed white men. That Jill Stein allowed white men to treat her poorly. I think was the gist. Yeah, she was. Um, the message was you fuck know, fucking I, Jill. I, 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 you know, like some of these issues uh, precede me. Okay, uh, you know, you have to understand that I was kind of doing the work of like 10 people, you know, and I took uh, two years, I took two days off. And there were so, there are so many things. Another thing that happens in the left is that, um, and, and I was talking, I don't remember, there is a psychology that emerges from, you know, from our chronic failures, right? And so there is a hell of a lot of, um, internal strife that begins to manifest itself. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the, you know, not necessarily having really read what Rosa said, uh, you know, there are, there are issues there, you know, there are personality conflicts. Rosa and Jill have, you know, a personality issue as well, I believe, that goes back a while. Was that fun to watch? <laughs> <laughs> not to say, but not to say, not to say, not to say that when you um, are a, a, a white person uh, that, you know, comes from economic privilege uh, and intellectual privilege, you know, errors are going to be made that, that do um, expose you know, what may not be some necessary lessons that you should, you know, bring forth uh, in, a, in a candidacy, right? Experiences that would, would make you a lot more receptive, a lot more sensitive to white male dominance, right? Uh, uh, you know, in other words, don't forget, and I don't, you know, and, 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 you know, please don't put me in a situation where I'm going to have to kind of like open up a whole bunch of boxes here because I was the only like person of color, the only Latino in any position of uh, supposed authority inside the Jill Stein campaign for almost like the duration of the campaign until the very end. Don't forget that Ajamu was brought in as a vice presidential candidate, you know, um, you know, very late in, in the process, as well as um, in some ways, you know, Ajamu basically you know, operated within his own, you know, political sort of uh, capacity as a vice presidential candidate with his own staff. And I was, I was not part of his staff. So the Green so, Party has a yeah. whiteness problem is what you're saying? Uh, the, the, the Green Party has a whiteness problem as a whole. Okay, so okay, let me, can I ask you one question? I don't, wanna, I don't want to back ahead, you into Tommy. a corner. Well, wait, can we just ask you, do you consider Jewish white? 
<laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Well, white, is a, white is an economic construct. Okay, um, so you know, I, I hear what you're saying. This is interesting because there was just that article written about transracialism and that uh, it's like in New York Magazine today that some academic wrote an article in defense of transracialism, like what mm -hmm. Rachel Dolezal says she is, mm -mm -mm. that she's transracial. Mm -hmm. Um, is she wrong? Right. She's not wrong. She can you can race. be transracial. She, she spent but, ten but years giving listen, back to I don't community. want to get into I think she Hold can on, be but that's black. not what the, that's not what it is. That's Karen. That's not what it is. You know that that's not what it is. <laughs> no, what it is is that the same. It, it's a logic argument, and it's that the same logic applies to gender. That's what that's what the logic. That's what the Makes I think the academic me. article is. I don't buy it, but. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to have that conversation right now. My point is that I'm I wanted to dying. ask you. Can I, I be a white male? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel it. Sandy's white I and a man. It on you. <laughs> um, oh, no, but my question for you is do you. Okay, I actually have one question I would love to ask you. I don't want to back you into a corner, but do you think that Jill Stein handled uh, when she was confronted with like her ignorance? Would, do you think she handled it well? Or. Her ignorance about what specifically? About like sort of like deferring to like white male supremacy, sort of along the lines of what you were talking about, about about having a real lack of diversity on her campaign. Um, you know, man, you know, it's 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 I don't think things were handled necessarily to my satisfaction. I can tell you that much. Um, you know, on the other hand, it, it, it's problematic because, you know, sometimes when people need a platform, you know what I mean, to sort of secure their own uh, showmanship, you know, they can exploit realities. And, and so, you know, that's why I don't particularly can say, you know, what somebody else said in, in their article and somebody else's attitudes and, you know, um, you know, in the case of Rosa, you know, she was never part of the campaign. She never worked for the campaign, right? In other words, um, uh, there was an approximation. There were issues that, that went back to when Rosa, I believe, was vice presidential candidate. You know, so, so some of these issues go back. And, and ultimately, from my perspective, um, I believe that the party needs to move towards, uh, towards greater um, uh, identification with the working class, you know, that the mm -hmm. party needs to basically move away from its original um, founding roots of basically middle, white middle class environmentalists that came to the party, just like Karen was saying, mm -hmm. you know, of, at a specific time in history, you know, when environmentalism was, was, was critical, where a lot of people were becoming aware of the importance. Now we need to move towards... Uh, a, a position of eco-socialism, which mm -hmm. the party has already taken, right? Well, so the party, you know, we're, we need to work with our platform to move the party to the left. And moving the party to the left means, means making the party much more class diverse, mm -hmm. much more racially diverse, right? And it, mm -hmm. makes, it, it also pushes the party to organize in a different fashion than it has in the past. My commitment is to try to do that, to work with, uh, with, with partner leftist organizations, to work towards the creation of, 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 of a united front, not perhaps unlike what, they, what Podemos has been able to do in Spain in less than four years, becoming you know, one of the third, you know, the third largest you know, political force in the country that can pretty much you know, 
affect every single decision that happens in the Spanish parliament, right? I mean, that happened within four years. Um, and not unlike... Uh, well, that's because they uh, tell uh, the truth, and that's what's cool. They say... I mean, they're, they're just telling the truth. They just keep screaming the truth, and they are a little militant in the way. It, that's my impression from like a Green place Party, of real ignorance. The Green Party brand is to be annoying. Like, that's what well, the Green should Party... should be. No, they no, should that, be No, annoying. but they are annoying. They annoy everybody. <laughs> Although shit's not annoying. Not me. I love it. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not saying I, I'm not saying that it's bad, right? Like, I, we're annoying, and it appeals to people like us. Like, the, you know, people have blamed the Green Party for Hillary's loss. They always blame the Green Party when Democrats lose... The Green Party's annoying, and like the whole part in a good way. The whole point of the Green Party is to fuck shit up, and the irony is that the whole platform of the Green Party is to unfuck everything, right? It's like save the planet and fuck it up less. So, like that to me is the great irony of the Green Party and the thing that they're not doing. Like lean well, into being annoying so in a good annoying. Way, we're annoying in a bad way, okay? Because basically, we need to, we need to we need to we need to stiffing up. I mean, we're living in an age of of. Um, of extremes, perhaps. Okay, yeah. people are tired of the middle of the road, and I believe uh, apparently it, yeah. it was you, uh, you know, that that might, I think might have said this at the beginning of the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, we need to make a commitment to to, to become self-confessed and and undeniably left, yes. right? We don't we cannot be like mixing our words anymore. You should hear some of the speeches I was giving towards the end of the campaign, which basically like I would look at Jill on the side of the stage and her eyes were like popping open, and I was like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> I'm not. And you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, she's everybody's mom. The speech I gave in San Francisco, for instance, it, it was just it was brutal, you know. But I had people like. And, you know, and I'm not, it's not to, like stroking my back. I believe that we have to be able to move people. Yeah. You have to be able to move them. And, and the beauty of it and our opportunity is that we can use that, that sort of populist sort of um, momentum mm -hmm. that exists, I believe, across the world right now and make it real. Because our message is real, 100%. right? So we don't have to bullshit. We don't have to fabricate realities. That's you know, exactly we don't right. have to like really foment and fuel no, that's like the, fears and paranoia. That's we the beauty of the Green Party. That's the whole. That, the Green Party is the one party that has a platform that's not subjective. It's not about whether you feel disenfranchised. It's about just the objective facts, backed up by science, of things we're already seeing and feeling right the fuck now that that affect everyone, man, woman, and child across the whole globe. That's what. It, that's that's what boggles my mind about the Green Party is is how what how are we not managing to take that message? And I understand it's I, I totally get the logistical problems, all of that, but there's so much potential there. It would be such a goddamn shame if in this day and age it just petered out into nothing because people can get their shit together. Yeah, and, and not only that, don't forget that we still have I mean, we needed standards to teach a lot of people in our party the lesson that like no you know, like socialism is not a dirty word in the eyes of many Americans, right? Yeah. Because like, shut up, Adrian, don't say socialism. <laughs> don't do not say socialism. You know, like, OK, no, we need to we need to be able mm -hmm. to, to sort of look. It's, it's about it's about creating, you know, what you're talking about, the, the factuality of our platform is yeah. also a, 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 an intense critique of the failure of a system that 
you know, that needs radical change, right? If, if so we need to change the rhetoric yes, from reformist exactly to, 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 to radical change, but which is what won the day. Rhetoric also um, goes into, if, if, it's a, if it's a semantics problem, like people don't like being told socialists, then just call it something else. You don't have to say socialist. There's a whole generation of people um, who don't find offense at the word socialist, and there's a whole older generation of people who hate the word but don't really mind the idea. Like, we could just change the words Well, that's stuff. what's happening with the Democratic Socialists, and that's actually Jabari Brisport, who is going to be our guest on the show, who's running for New York City Council, is running a, under the Green Party as a Democratic Socialist. Mm. And I keep seeing that thrown around, and there, I think there's a lot of young people that are really gravitating toward that movement, and the more which is another leaderless it, movement. But that's, the more people say it, the more it's not this alien thing. So we're like now in this period where it's not a dirty word anymore to say socialist, because the whole communist Cold War thing is like several generations behind us. So now it's becoming a thing where it's like, um, what, what's the word? subversive but not in a dangerous way right in like a kind of a throwback yeah. way that's not threatening now it's, it's like norming cool and it's starting exactly. to norm a little bit well listen we play a game on the show adrian called rapid fired where we just ask you a bunch of questions really quickly bam 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 <laughs> so do you mind if we play have you listened to any of our episodes yet no you're green no man I oh, get ready. <laughs> i'm ready hey, you know, i'm ready you know uh, okay yes um, there we go go Okay. It's almost like it's almost like those ink 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 spot kind of like psychological. Yes, it's a workshop. Yeah, exactly what it is. We can't wait to see what your mind does. What is the longest amount of time you ever spent alone with Jill Stein? At any one time, or like in one stretch? In one stretch. What's the longest amount of time the two of you were alone at the same time? Twelve hours. Okay. I mean, alone just to, no, 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 just she it's and I, uh, three hours, three hours. <laughs> what? Three? three to, that's it? <laughs> three hours. What was that? Do you, can you just quickly say what that was? What was that, a snack? <laughs> I think we a were, drive? We, we were, we were, we were sitting there, like, I think, figuring out what songs we were going to do at the, at one of the Green Party conventions or something. Oh, and, that's so uh, chill. And, and trying to figure <laughs> out, like, if I was going to go get the wine or, uh, I don't something along those lines. <laughs> you were underused <laughs> in this campaign. Unbelievable. That, <laughs> that was the longest time you spent with her and it was about music. And then <laughs> like wine. Music they didn't use oh, you right, that. Adrian. You were underutilized. <laughs> also, she wasn't playing music anywhere. Like, it got Bill Clinton elected oh, when no, he went no, on no, our listen, city hall. You know, I wanted, I wanted Jill to be no, that was actually, guys, that was a political issue, right, between me and the campaign manager. Talk about, like, cultural white guys or whatever. It's like, no, we're not going to have Jill. Like, I said, I want Jill to, like, every once in a while, like, you know, wipe out her guitar after she yes. gives a speech and sing a couple of songs. Oh, you know what I mean? Green party, be green. Bro, you know why? That's because white men are embarrassed to be anything other than, like, perfection. White men are the worst. <laughs> they're ruining our future. Yeah. They're literally emba they're embarrassed to fail. That's what it is. They they won't take the risk. It's hard, and I say that as one. I struggle with. Well, that. actually, they, it, they weren't listening in more than one way because uh, you know I'm all about perfection, and uh, as a collectivist, you know I will definitely you know de uh, um, default to to the wisdom. The problem is mm -hmm. that like, look, you know when what you're doing is not working, dude. Like you know if you cannot lead, 
follow. And if you cannot yes. follow, like, get the fuck out of the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We yeah. call this episode right. no, an ode guys, to Jill White Stein. guys don't do that well. White guys don't <laughs> no, no, follow no. that revolutionary ethos very You're well. You're damn right. Um, and I should I should just clarify, when I said perfection, I meant like a perverted ideal. I didn't mean like right. actual <laughs> perfection. I don't think that that's um, true. All right, Okay. Since you are um, kind of about a, a more kind of socialist bent to things because of the way things are going are, isn't working, um, how do you feel about um, Israel, which started out as a, a kind of, I guess you could say, um, without being too crazy, socialist paradise. I mean, Israel, is it a good idea or is it great in execution? Or is it a genocidal I factory? I mean, we don't need you here. Get out. Can I do the in, in, in part response to that? Of course. One state. Whoa, what's what the name of, of the state? state? <laughs> oh, that's it, that's it. Next question. Is it a Jewish state? One secular unified state. You know, Adrian, does this state begin with an I or a P? Israel made the desert bloom. I can think of very little less green than that. I, what's more green than making the freaking desert, which is brown, the color green? Adrian, you tell me. <laughs> you know who did that? The Jews did it. Okay. God bless the, the Jews. We, we call that game the whole. I, I, I hope you like that. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, at this point in time, we got to find a solution that, that, that works. Um, right. I believe that, you know, the occupation is only fomenting further and further divisions and is clearly just as, just as war and strife and, um, and conflict, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's breeding, you know, sort of, uh, focuses of extremism where there were none. Mm -hmm. I believe that at this point in time, when I when somebody asks me, Adrian, what do you think it would work? Uh, I honestly believe that uh, a, a secular, unified uh, Israel-Palestine, mm -hmm. you know, including you know Gaza and the West Bank and what, it, what presently constitutes Israel, uh, under some form of real, well-defined. Uh, I mean, um, sort of international sort of guidelines by which, you know, people's rights can be guaranteed mm -hmm. uh, that, the, that the fears of, of the Israeli population can be addressed while the, 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 the clear, you know, human rights uh, needs of, uh, um, and, you know, and dignity of the Palestinian people can be addressed. You see, the, the two-state solution is never going to work. There's no longer a landmass that can allow that. And I believe that, you know, in my conversations with a lot of my, you know, uh, Israeli friends, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, uh, uh, there is a huge sector in, inside Israel that is like, you know, that that's the only way we're going to go. That's true. You know, but as long as you have, you know, lines in the sand that are being drawn by like a, an incredibly like uh, divisive and, um, you know, extreme um, rhetoric mm -hmm. uh, from either side. I just don't see how that's going to happen. Well, right? I, I agree so, with you that sand is a very bad place to draw a line in. I mean, it's soft. <laughs> it keeps moving. They keep drawing these lines in the sand, and it's like, when will you learn about sand? Okay, Do you know what I'm saying? Boo. And the only reason that one state has to happen is because Israel has broken every deal that they've ever made since 1948. I mean, the Palestinians have rejected okay. a country maybe three or Let's four or five times. Let's move on to the last draft over the, Maybe question. last six or seventy years. It's Karen, okay. You can take we can have a program on, on Israel by itself. Let's, oh let's just God. make that commitment. And I mean, we'll come back we have. That. I would love we'll that. Like, you, you know. have an open invitation to come back and scream <laughs> about Israel. We beg of you to come back. Okay, so this is we play a game called um, Fuck, Mary Kill. Hey, guys, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have Jill, <laughs> as, a, as a Jewish woman, play the intro song. 
<laughs> oh my god, if you can make green, that happen. Green please Jew. hook it up. Green Jew. Oh my god, will you please hook a brother and sister up with some stein? Um, okay, so we play a game called Fuck Mary Kill. Um it's it's what it sounds like. So we give three <laughs> options. We all have to answer, so it's not just you alone, but mostly you. So you have to fuck one, marry one, kill one, don't get cute. It's very straightforward. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill, ready? Number one. No, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> What's happening here? I'm being, I, 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 got, I get three options, like a multiple so, choice. Okay, and, there's three names, right? So say the name. These are not the names. I'm just looking at comics on the wall. Say the, the names are Robin Williams, Steve Martin, and Eddie Murphy. You have to pick one of those guys to fuck, one of them to marry, and one of them to kill. But that's not the game. Karen's got the game. Okay, so the game, so it's fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> those are the rules of the game, but here's the three people. Number one, Jill Stein. Number two, Rose. Rosa Clemente. Number three, Susan Sarandon. Who to kill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also like who to marry radio, fuck, like, like, I mean, I'm supposed, like, I mean, I'm going to have, like, I'm, I'm a representative of, like, a national party. I can't yeah, go but, but Adrian, like but Adrian, look at the your, silver your, lining. Your assassin's list game with you guys. Yeah, but when you, when you fucking, when you marry, Crazy so it's, it's positive. <laughs> <laughs> There's a silver lining. What about on? What? Okay, the, the, let's replace the word kill with, like, who would I take, like, a, a crap on or yeah, something sure. like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Wow, yeah, this is yeah. even greener than I thought. <laughs> it's like manure. And organic. <laughs> Nothing more organic than, than murder. Are you let's, a vegan? Yeah, let's make it vegan. <laughs> okay, so... so it's compost. Fuck, Mary, shit on... <laughs> This is getting so sexual between us, but go ahead. So it's it's Jill Stein. I'm not gonna, I, I, I don't shit on my comrades. You know, as a rule, I don't sleep with the See, enemy, and I don't shit on my comrades. Okay, so then Susan, we have to. Susan, I shit on Susan. Oh, Susan. Oh, okay. Okay. But now you got to fuck one. You got to marry one. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> fuck or marry. Uh, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you break you green party people break all the rules. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just like I'm I'm just that daring of a lover. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I get a lover that daring? <laughs> okay. For the record, Ajamu uh, okay. also played the game. Okay, Ajamu oh. said <laughs> What, do you remember Ajamu's answer? Yeah, well you gave him Kellyanne Conway, Hillary Clinton, and Jill Stein. Oh, yeah. And he said, who's who's Kellyanne Conway? Perfect answer. Okay. And then when we told him who Kellyanne Conway is, he said, oh, yeah, I'll marry her because I like how she deals with the media. <laughs> and then he said he'd off Hillary and then, quote, unquote, screw the other one. Oh, oh that was some shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Well, all right. I, yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad was, to help was... uh, raise your blood pressure here. We'll be uh, tagging every Green Party <laughs> former presidential and vice presidential candidate in this so that they all see what you've done. No, just kidding. This was great. Thank you so much. It's really, I mean, we're really interested. I'm personally invested in seeing the Green Party kind of proliferate and do well, mm -hmm. which is why I'm annoyed that there's nothing really in Massachusetts where Jill Stein's from. But like, we're going to talk to as many third party, Green Party, Libertarian, but especially Green Party, because that's how I vote. Mm. Um, yeah, well, people. I mean, you know, I mean, we're moving, we're moving in the right direction. You know, the commitment right now, uh, like every party, right? I mean, you know, um, there are there are currents. Uh, and there's a very strong current right now to basically, you know, build the party, uh, um, you know, along with a unified leftist front. You know, we're in dialogue with Kashama. We're in dialogue with the ISO. We're in dialogue with people who are not even in dialogue amongst themselves. And, for instance, at the left forum, 
right? I'm organizing a panel where we're actually, and I hope you guys come. It's going to be in New York, right? We're actually going to be sitting down and saying, like, you know, where to from here, right? I mean, where do we go from here? As, 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 as leftists, you okay, know, so as independent left, as an independent left, can we build an electoral uh, alternative and not only an, an electoral alternative, but can we build an ideological movement that will begin to produce significant results, let's say, you know, past 2020, right? right? Because don't forget that the Zapatistas in Chiapas, it took them 30 years to get to the 92 uprising, Right. And, and to be able to to do that, you have to move beyond American immediate gratification. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not about being able to get somebody elected tomorrow. Right. OK, we have to start like realizing that that history making requires planning. <laughs> and I believe that we are you know, we we can do that. Yes. And, uh, and and where the Green Party goes in the next three or four years, it's going to basically determine whether the Green Party is going to be able to be that vehicle. Yes. Or we're going to have to move beyond the Green Party Boo. and basically reinvent the American left under a whole new light. What we need is fresh, young minds. One a woman, one a man, maybe one a gay, a maybe Jew, a Jew. possibly one gay, <laughs> to run and be the face of the Green Party because green means so much. It doesn't only mean trees. It means marijuana. It means happiness <laughs> for all. It means beautiful stones like the emerald like there's so much green in green okay so wait 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 adrian uh last yeah. question and then we're gonna hop off this has been amazing we're 100 percent coming to the left forum no questions asked a thousand percent we're there please come on the show in the studio when you're in the city uh yeah i mean you're a place to stay so you guys start thinking about that too yeah hey man i got a couch i'm not fancy i mean but... you know, i don't even think you know like i'm having to beg for like the money to uh, to travel up there and i don't i don't think it includes housing yo <laughs> susan you've sarandon been, susan you've sarandon. been not well treated i yes. feel how have you been treated Jill by the Stein, green party this, this, man is, Adrian, a check. this is fucking bullshit that they won't airbnb your ass because that Thank is you. horseshit have you been well treated or no yo we're gonna start a yes, campaign I, I have on been twitter very well treated i have been very well treated trust me i I, I, I have no complaints. I mean, at least you, you have to understand that, like, when the, uh, uh, fundraising, it's, it's, it's a real problem for us not being a, a corporate-funded uh, party, right? And so I am the first to say, like, look, you know, I have friends. Don't give me that money, right? I mean, the, at least right now, my bosses, which are the party steering committee, I mean, they are awesome. I have no complaints. I mean, they are definitely doing everything they can to make sure that. So I was kind of halfway joking, by the way. So, you know, let's, uh, you know, <laughs> I will have, I will have house. I mean, we have so many greens in New York. Yeah. Um, and they're all my friends. So, you know, housing is not a problem. It's really a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah that's cool. So, Isn't but, it amazing? Listen, that... another, th- another thing that I wanted to say yeah. is like, you guys should check out. Um, that that uh, the, the speech I gave in San Francisco, okay. so that you can understand. And there was one in Los Angeles as well, which I'm not sure it was produced. And, and the one in Los Angeles was totally geared towards youth of color. It was the biggest sort of event that that the Green Party ever organized. It, you know, for um, specifically calling for you know the presence of, of of youth of color who are leaders in the party themselves. Oh, that uh, and color. I believe that I believe that both the tone. Of, of those rallies, as well as the participation, as well, as well as the incredibly positive role that white allies played, because this is not about fomenting some weird kind of, you know, exclusivist, you know, sectarianism, right? Because right. one thing I am committed to is to make sure, and because I'm in Texas, and because I lived in the South my whole life, 
I have moved beyond the obstacle of like urban northeast political realities, right? Mm -hmm. I can go to like a local town here as like a Latino with long hair and an accent, and I can still get through right. some of these babas, right? I can still sit there and say, do you understand that we're facing the same conflicts and the same enemy? Mm -hmm. And I can get these guys to say, yes, Adrian, <laughs> pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> yes. We so see what it, bro. You're saying you is... know, let's drink another, let's drink another Lone Star beer, and let's figure out how we're going to take this shit down. So and the... we we're going to have to do that. We cannot move. 100%. We cannot advance a revolution in this country without the white working class, which is not going to happen. It's not going to happen out of San Francisco and New York and Chicago. It's going to have to happen out of Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. So it's what you're have saying to have is, to happen. it's time to move past Jill Stein. We hear you. We're on your <laughs> we side. We hear you saying it loudly <laughs> without saying. We it. hear the words not. Coming out of your mouth but it's the same Ajama was similarly loud and not saying the exact same thing <laughs> Ajama is so diplomatic man look I love he's the guy the he's a comrade he's my brother but he, you know what I mean I'm gonna have to become his like sort of like you know speech writer or yo something. troll <laughs> you both should troll just troll 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 your way into like higher and higher percentages I really think yeah, that we're now green party all the way all we had to do is talk shit for two seconds with a couple yo, green party people the, wait, <laughs> down but when is the when is the left forum because we throw parties and we will literally throw a green party when that's happening in New York and oh, that's going to be fantastic. I mean, you know, I can let you know. It's going to be in June sometime. There will definitely 100% be marijuana involved. Oh, my God. Just so you know. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I mean, it's green. Yeah, and I, it, yeah, no, we should have we should definitely have a party, man, and actually even even live stream it or something and yeah. be able to sort of – look, the, 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 the left forums – are this uh, are are not necessarily easy political intellectual spaces, right? That, We're not you know, easy political guy... intellectual people. <laughs> no, man. Look, look. They, they sit there, and everybody sits in those panels, and and you know, not you know. It's just we need something a lot more vital, you know. And and I think that uh, well, there is value, and we have a real good uh, couple of new organizers at the Left Forum this year who are trying to do things differently. I still think that if you guys want to organize a little hangout somewhere, I'll make sure that you know I'm there. And I can bring some folks. I, you know, I we would love that. Gonna be in town. It's on. Yeah, it's on. We'll talk. We'll talk off air. Adrian, this was amazing. Thank you so, so, so wow, much. Wow, you're the shit. Thank yeah. you so much for talking to us. Thank you. All right. Thank you, folks. I really appreciate the opportunity. You all have a good night. All right, Adrian. Really quick before you go, what's your? Do you have Twitter or anything like that? You want to tell people? My what? Do you have Twitter? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, man, like, I, I don't like the colors of the Twitter thing, that, that baby blue thing and that thing that looks like, like somebody's pregnant yeah, that's or something. Right. Well, well, no, we're red, white, and green Twitter. all the way. Yeah, you got to get into it, but we'll talk about that later. Adrian, this was the best. Thank uh, you, man. Thank you so much. You guys can find me on Facebook. We will. Uh, my, my name and last name, I'm on Facebook. And okay. uh, you can also find me through, through you know, GPUS. You know, my, my, my email is available. Anybody wants to talk to me, anybody wants to make a comment, Adrian. A-D-R-I-A-N at G-P dot org. We got it. Thank you so much, Thank Adrian. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great, yeah, you great You guys have night. a great program. I really appreciate it. You too. All Thanks, right, Adrian. take care, man. Take it bye easy. Bye.